Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show. I've never had video game developers on the show before, and this is awesome. So this game we're going to be talking about has not been released yet. It's still in production, but uh, we got a good insight into what it takes to have the idea for a game and then to storyboard it and then all of the developing and uh, you know just everything that goes along with it, the funding and the sponsorships and the people you have to get involved. So uh, this game is called Zara and the City of Endless Night. Now, this game is a side-scroller. It's a narrative-driven adventure that's inspired by cyberpunk and Japanese anime. I'm getting all this information, by the way, from the website, ZaraCityOfNight.com. That's Z-E-R-A, ZaraCityOfNight.com. So this game tells the story of Zara, a young woman made of light who awakens alone in a dark, abandoned lab. She escapes to the outside and discovers a world shrouded in darkness and corruption, ruled by a self-proclaimed god called Nero. Or is it Nero? I'm sure it's Nero. I'm almost sure on that one. Traversing across the bleak landscape, whew, <laughs> that's some dialogue, uh, through decimated cities, gravelands, deserts, and more, Zara makes some unusual friends, faces terrifying enemies, and inspires hope in others as she makes her way to the city of endless night. Now, Michael DePiro is on this podcast. I've had Michael on that podcast about a year ago. Actually, he was on the last episode that I recorded in the basement of my house. So my podcast used to be in my basement. We moved to the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona, PA. He brought in his good friend, the guy who had the concept, the initial idea, the storyboard for Zara. He brought him into the studio. His name's Raphael, and we're going to talk to Michael and Raphael about the game. Now, the interesting part is the second time I've had Michael on the podcast is the last time I'm in my most recent studio. So uh, this is the last podcast from Launchbox Studios. I want to say to Launchbox in downtown Altoona, thank you so much for giving me the space, for giving me the opportunity to host my podcast at Launchbox and giving me a platform to really start my social media marketing and consulting business. So I want to say thank you so much to Donna Bond to John Harrell, to Steve McKnight, and everybody involved with Launchbox. And Michael, I guess every time he comes on my podcast, I have to move studios. So the next one will be from my new studio at Catalyst Space in Altoona, PA. But this is a really cool episode because if you're a video game fan, which I have been for my basically my entire life, I've always wondered, like, where do you start? How do you start? It's so daunting just to start a video game project and have an idea and turn that into something that people can see on a screen, not only see, but also play on a screen. So it's fascinating to me. Hopefully it is also fascinating to you, Zara, cityofnight.com. Make sure you check out that website. Before we get there, though, let's thank the sponsors who make this podcast possible. Uh, the Clay Cup, 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona. So Sarah Vogel runs the Clay Cup at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. Coffee, tea, delicious baked items, bagels, oatmeal, soups, and creativity, baby. Uh, pottery painting, watercolor classes at the Clay Cup. Also, shout out to Trade Secrets, 1223 13th Avenue in Altoona. So Trade Secrets, uh, they make body care products all in-house, all naturally made, like sugar scrubs, bath bars, all natural deodorants, bath bombs, no added ingredients, no added chemicals, nothing weird thrown in there. So you know you're getting the real deal products from Trade Secrets. Uh, you can find them Secrets in Trade on Facebook, Trade Secrets underscore skincare on Instagram, and Juice, which is 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, J-O-O-S, Juice, 
has cold pressed juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls, bone broth, hot soups, and raw vegan baked goods to make you feel better about yourself. Aight, let's get into the podcast and do this dang thing. This is Rob Z Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today, uh, this is an interesting episode because it's going to be the last episode in the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona. I'm moving to Catalyst Space here uh, in just a couple of hours, but uh, this is exciting because the last time I moved my studio, Michael DePiro was on the podcast, mm-hmm. and now he's back on the podcast again for the next move. So Michael, thank Woo. you for being here, number one. You're welcome. Wonderful to have you here today. It's great. And Raphael... Akira. Did I say your name right? It's Arkara. Arkara. <laughs> he, he was that close. I knew I was going to get it right. Close. Raphael Arkara. What an <laughs> awesome name. Thank First you. of all, just off the bat, that's a fantastic name. And uh, you are, how, how do you how do you word this? The creator, the designer, the, the so, mastermind behind? <laughs> so I'm the creator and the director of the video game Zara and the City of Endless Night. And this has been your passion project for how long? (laughs) Oh, boy. So about four and a half years ago is when I first started uh, penning out the story for Zara. And um, about two years ago is when Michael and I met Mm -hmm. at college and the production actually kicked off and we were taking something that had been a passion project idea and started turning it into a real thing. We went out, found the concept artists, and, you know, here we are today. (laughs) It's amazing to me because I've never, I've been a video game fan since I was a little kid, but when Michael said he was working on a video game, I'm like, what do you mean? What are you going (laughs) to, what do you do? (laughs) There's so many, I had a billion questions and I didn't even know where to start. That's funny because, you know, it was the same reaction when Raphael came to me with the game. He... We were on the computer talking to each other, mm-hmm. um, doing schoolwork, and he said, hey, I have this you know, video game idea. I had no idea where to even go with that, yeah. left or right, because I had never worked on a video game production before. So it, it, it's definitely an exciting thing to, to work on. <laughs> Yeah, because from the ground up, every step would be a learning process, I'd imagine. Like, you're it's learning much so is. much. Now, before this, have you been involved in video games in the past, I mean, besides being a gamer? So, I've I've been a gamer. I've even done a few um, minor pro league stuff, which was really fun Okay. way back in the day with Halo. Um, but this is definitely my first venture into the bigger world yeah. of video games. I have done some indie projects, um, game jam type uh, type things, but this is definitely like first major production. Yeah, I can relate on Halo though. I dropped out of college because of Halo. I <laughs> <laughs> kind of it almost ruined my life because I, I played it so much. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, well, my friend's basement. That's all we did for. I'd say about nine months was my life was just playing Halo online, and that wow. was yeah. <laughs> We'll make the next nine months playing Zara. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, where did your passion come from? I guess well, I want to go way back, though. So, like, what was the game that got you into video gaming? Was it Halo, or what just sparked hmm. your passion for it? I would definitely say that the game that sparked my passion for game design would be Halo Reach, because it was in that that I started designing maps and custom scenarios. 
Um, I also played a lot of Age of Empires uh, way back in the day, and I'd also write custom scenarios for those games and come up with my own campaigns, and I'd play with um, the in-engine programming that they had available, and I absolutely loved that. I loved doing that storytelling. Stories themselves have always been uh, a big part of my life. I've grown up in a family of artists, and uh, I'm a huge fan of classic literature. I think that the most important part of any most important part of any game is telling that good story, something people are going to remember after they're done playing it. Yeah. And a lot of games miss that part of it, right? I mean, maybe the action's great, maybe mm-hmm. the role-playing part of it's great, but the story is yeah. what always draws people in. I right? mean, that's what drew me in with Halo. It's why I kept playing that game is mm-hmm. it was the mythology and the story. It, was, it wasn't just a good shooter. It was yeah. also something that you remembered um, with for its rich lore mm-hmm. and its great characters. Yeah, it's so in-depth. Like mm-hmm. It can go so deep. And that's right. that's one of the reasons I've had to back off of video games by later in life because I, <laughs> I spend into the story? So, well, yeah, I spend so much time mm-hmm. and I'll just get lost and, you know, and I'm sure you know this, days go by, yep. weeks go by and you're like... <laughs> What, where's my life gone? That what, just, it's winter? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't walked outside like five days. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, that's that's the most important part. So uh, growing up, you know, I, I was a big video game fan, um, and it, 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 just tr- it just progressed as I got older and older, and as things started getting more uh, in-depth and more technical, that's when I... That's when I started to back off because it took so much time, but that's also the point where it got way more fascinating. So right. I'm curious, like, what is the most fascinating part to you about video games? Like, is it, I guess, just answer that question. What's, what's the part that just draws you in? What I love about video games is it's this evolving medium yeah. that allows you to tell a story in ways that weren't possible before. There are so many creative things that are coming out mm-hmm. um, in the video game industry right now that are making use of VR and AR, and yeah. um, you, you have new pioneering ideas playing with that. Mm-hmm. And even with with our project, we took something old, which was we we wanted to make a side scroller video game, mm-hmm. but we wanted to put a fresh spin on that. And it, I think that what I one of the best things that a game can do is take something familiar, give it a fresh twist, and present you know a story, uh, a new media yeah. experience for people that want that. Something that's captivating, you know, and just sucks you in, not only into the story but the visuals. Mm-hmm. And with Zara, that's the rich content that we're going for. You know, that's the that's what really is going to be amazing about this game is the story, the breathtaking visuals it's going to have. It's it's truly the whole whole package. So doing a, a side scroller like like Mario, right? I mean I, I think that's like the classic as far when I think of a side scrolling yeah, game. Yeah, we're going all the way back, that definitely. Yeah. Because I think <laughs> of like whenever I played the new Super Mario Brothers like for the Wii, I think it was, it redefined what a side scrolling game could be to me because they really they took what the original model was but they just expanded on it and made it so much yes. fun. I love that game. How what are you doing as far as a side scrolling game that's that's changing the genre? So at the very core of our game, we we've the idea for Zara evolved from wanting to create a game that was a reverse stealth game. Okay. 
where most stealth games, your character has to hide in the shadows to avoid enemies. You progress through the levels. What I wanted to do was create a game where you were made out of light, so you had to hide in the light to oh, okay. make it through the game's world. And that's where the whole story for the game and everything evolved out of, was that concept. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So is it a, is it a lot of darkness in the game? Yeah. And you yes. got to find the yes. spots of light, and that's where you can you camp out? that energy, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So in this game, you play as a girl named Zara. You wake up in a laboratory, no memory of who you are, where you've come from. But the world that you walk out into is one that has no more sun. Right. The, the sky is covered in this strange energy storm that has blotted out all light in the world. Okay. And you have to go out and find the answers not only to your own existence, but to why the world is the way it is on, a, on this mission to bring back the sun. Dude, I love that. That is such a cool idea for a game. Yeah. Um, what, what's the year? Do you have a year set, or is it just like in the future at some point? Uh, we have another almost two years of development yeah. ahead of us. So was, so oh, I mean, like the the game. Is it what year oh, is it based game, in? Yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's futuristic. But this is a fantasy world. Okay. Yeah. So the exact year in this game is um, this fantasy world's mm-hmm. late 2000s. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave it to the player. That's, they can. That's fun. <laughs> they can so create that. There'll, yeah. There'll be a more um, exact date set in the game. Um, yeah. I don't want to give all of that away, but uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of mystery in just around where you are, as much as who you are. So you're in college. You have the idea for the game. <laughs> like I've had idea for, ideas for video games and they just kind of end right there in the idea in my head where did you take it where were the next steps like how do you get to the point where you're at now I'm, I'm so curious well you go through a process and that is kicking it and <laughs> trying to talk to everyone that you could possibly can in the in the industry um, Raphael reached out to me with the idea just because we were working on a project together and he said, hey, I have an idea for a video game. And like I said, that's kind of how the whole process started. From there, it was like, cool, yeah, here's let's hear some money. Let's find some artists. Let's find some writers who can help create a synopsis, a story behind it. Let's find people who can help us ber- get to the next level. And that's truly what this two-year journey has been. The past two years have been finding and creating a team of industry veterans who can help us get to the next level, get this game on shelves, who can help us get this game created. Mm-hmm. How did you first find, like, who's the first person that you brought the idea to and they were in the industry and they were like, that's a, that's an awesome idea for a video game. Here's what I can do to help you guys out. Oh, boy, who was the first person we went to? Well, uh, Emma. Emma. Yeah, uh, Emma is our writer on the project. Okay, um, she has been helping capture the true story of of Zara throughout this. So, so Emma Burton is a playwright from England. I met her through Deviant Art back when uh, uh, there was a lot more writing that was being put up on Deviant Art, and her stuff uh, just stood out to me as just exceptional work. That was so far above the quality levels that I had seen. 
And uh, that was actually about six years ago. <laughs> and uh, Em and I met and we talked about some different possible projects that we'd work on together. And I had started kind of playing with the idea of building a studio then, which evolved. And as I went through university and studied business, it's something that I made more concrete. Mm -hmm. From that point, I also had an artist that I worked with that was local named Katie. And Katie's work was very good. She did some initial concept sketches for Zara. And um, there was also other artists that I would hire and work with for a short amount of time, just as I began early stage building of it. Mm -hmm. And so I had some material. I had, I had an idea of where I wanted to go with the story. I had a script that was beginning to be roughed out. That's when I met Michael. Uh, Michael and I worked on a project together. <laughs> where uh, he and I were given an assignment that was a media project where the professor was like, okay, so you guys have to create a music video. And we were we were prepared for this. We were planning from day one. We were like, all right, this is awesome. We had a storyboard. We, we wrote an original song. He wrote an original <laughs> song. Like I was planning the film. Like we had clips ready, prepared to film. Like it was ready to go. Are you a musician as well? Yes, I am. What do you play? Um, I play the piano. I also play the guitar. What okay. doesn't he play? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-instrumentalist yeah. and cool. a producer. So, yeah. I like working with sound. I've d been a freelance sound designer in the past as well. Awesome. Okay. Was that your passion? Like, what, your passion when you were young, was it, did you think, like, hey, I'm going to get into video games or you were going to get into music or it was just art in general? So, it was definitely... A diverse set of interests because it was writing it was art it was music what I love about games is it gave me a chance to bring that all together as a director um, I don't have to be necessarily the best at any one of those things mm -hmm. you just gotta be able to bring it all yeah. together find but the right you people have to find the right people. Have, you yeah. have to hold the vision you have to know what you want and you have to work with the right people to take that to a level that you could never have achieved on your own yeah that's And that's the best part of a director, and that's the most important part, finding the right people to put the puzzle pieces together. And when he came to me with the game, you know, I had never, you know, worked on a video game before. In Were my you past. a video game fan? I mean, yeah, I played video games as a kid, and, you know, what kid doesn't want to create their own video game? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like comic books. Right, like exactly. You're just like, you've always want to create something, and but I've never had a opportunity to present or work on it. And when he came along with it, I loved the story, loved the visual, like, idea of it I was sold <laughs> so did, in your in your mind did you have like the storyboard laid out before anything was ever even physically made so um, are you asking like it was the vision for the game all there like, yeah like the whole <laughs> beginning to end or was it just the light part like you like the idea of Zara being able to hide in the light and the world's full of darkness or is it that was through? that was idea one okay from that um, I guess from any creative idea, your mind just starts going wild with how can this be richer? How can this be bigger? Right. Um, the world evolved around her. And the more I thought about her, the more I thought about the world, the, the richer it would become and the more real it became to me. And it was kind of then that I'm like, you know, this has to be a thing. It can't just stay an idea. It actually has to be written. And this character story needs to be told. Yeah. 
The cool thing is, right, a video game, especially one with a good story, could be a comic book, could be like a, a novel, oh, yeah. could be a movie. It could be all of those it, things. It could really, you know, go above and beyond. I can't say what Zare becomes, but, mm. you know, who knows? The future is endless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the amazing part to me is, like, there's... The best part of video games is you're telling a story that could be told in many different forms, but through a video game, the person who's playing gets to control what happens and mm-hmm. gets to control how the game the game is laid out, how it, it is played, instead of just sitting back and watching it. And that's always been the fascinating part to me is making a movie. I mean, I don't know how to start there either, writing a book. I'm not <laughs> exactly sure how to start there, but when it comes to a video game, there's so many variables in it that I, I feel like... To break it down into pieces, I guess that's why you need people on your team yeah. who know how to break it down and, into pieces. And that's exactly I would get lost. That's exactly how you start. Like it starts with the idea. Yeah. You find your people who are going to support you through the whole endeavor because it is not easy. Um, I wish I could say like, yeah, this has been flaw. I would flawless. imagine it's not. <laughs> it, it, it's not. It, it's a lot of hard work, you know, and it takes a lot of ambition and it takes, you know, a lot of love and heart, especially with your main team. Raphael and I have built a friendship. You know, we built our friendship first before we started working <laughs> on the actual game. Yeah. And, you know, I got his back. He's got my back moving forward with this, knowing that you have built that solid team and that solid ground. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much how the creation of any video game or film starts. And that's yeah. kind of how you get it moving into the next direction. And having like that undying passion because it's going to take a long time oh, to make my it gosh, happen. Yes, it is one leap of faith after another. Yeah, like it is. There's never a point where you can just sit back and go, "All right, I'm just going to wait and you know watch to see what happens." <laughs> just, you have to stay on it and keep hustling the whole way for. And that's what we'll be yeah. doing over the next two years. It's hustling. <laughs> it's hustling. <laughs> Just, two years to get to this point, but two years to get it, you know, completely produced out. So when it comes to making a game, did you have anybody shoot you down? Because I imagine, like, the video game world's so vast as far as creativity goes that anything can become a game, really. So was anybody like, that's ah, not a great idea. Maybe you guys should do this or do that and we have to find the right people? We haven't really ran into anyone saying, like, oh, it's not a good idea. But we've had bumps in the road where, you know, We've talked with people and it just went nowhere. Um, we've had incidents where we worked on something and it wasn't what we wanted, or you know, s- stupid stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's pretty common. There's, there's plenty of what uh, my grandfather, who's a car salesman, would call tire kickers in okay. the industry. Yeah. yeah, they go up, they see the car in the lot, they come up, they talk about how much they like it, they kick the tires, and oh, I like this. this. This is great. And then they walk away, and you never hear from them again. Right. So, <laughs> uh, and you're thinking like, they stole my idea. What are they doing? Why oh, did they? There's there's plenty of people out there in the industry like that. Yeah, um, and we've we've run across a few of them, you know, and we've avoided them. Luckily, we have industry veterans who have helped us navigate around those who we shouldn't talk to, you know. So yeah. there's a lot that comes in this industry. You have to be, you have to be on your toes. <laughs> you literally do. Right. Who are some of those veterans who've come along and, and helped you guys out? If you're allowed to name names, I'd say the the one that we definitely can name would be Rick Ramo. Yeah. Who's, you know. His his experience in is, the industry. Yeah, it's amazing. Like you he, just look him up online, you'll see everything that he's been involved with. You he know, is a true veteran. Yeah, you know, chiefly Duke Nukem being the big one. Um, you had mentioned before the podcast, like Doom. He was blood. involved in yeah. Blood. 
What system? I asked you that. What system was, was Blood for? I forget what you said. Was it PC or I never heard I'm of that. I'm pretty sure one. that one was PC. Okay. But I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I did play Duke Nukem, did not play Blood. But uh, from like, what I've seen, it also has a huge following of people that really, really love it. So did he work for id? Is that I? Is it ID? That was like the main software developer, I think, for Doom. I believe and for so. Duke Nukem. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure if he worked for them, but he's definitely been involved. You know, as on the production mm-hmm. producer level, you know, executive producer level. I'm yeah. not 100 sure if he worked for him or not them or not, but he was heavily involved. <laughs> uh, one thing I know that he did. Uh, fairly recently with Microsoft as he did the remastered edition of uh, Halo Combat Evolved. Oh, okay. So he was the one in charge. sparked his interest. Did you see his eyes go up? (laughs) Any first-person shooter has been... Those are always my favorite games of all time. Well, he was the one who masterminded the whole thing about bringing the graphics to the next level. The button to uh, switch it over to the classic view, that was his idea. So when you were playing the game, (laughs) to be able to seamlessly switch between the two. Rick's someone that really understands game feel. Like, is he's a master of it, and um, that's what he, one of the things that he's brought to Zara is he's acted as a consultant about really getting a feeling in the gameplay that's iconic mm-hmm. that no other game can replicate or hasn't exactly. had yet. Um, and what drew him to the project is I told you that the the game started with the idea of reverse stealth. But it's evolved into something much more. Light is power for Zara. Light can be used for stealth abilities and gravity. So for the platforming, for the interaction in the world, it's all light energy based. Okay. I love that concept. And that's so simple, right? That's such a... When you think about it, like the fact that nobody's ever done it before makes it pretty revolutionary but it's not a crazy concept to flop the two and I think that's a really cool yeah. way of looking at it there's so many like apocalyptic dark games that have never utilized that end of it to right. use the light as the power who is Zara is that somebody like that you had imagined <laughs> in your mind like where did she come from I would say Zara is well, that's a great question, Zara. <laughs> she, she started as a character she, in my head, but she's she's like yeah, she's like a person now. She she has a, her own life to her, and mm-hmm. as I write, she her, truly has become a person. Literally, she started as a blank piece of paper. Yeah, <laughs> she was just light. Yeah, since writing her, it's it's less of writing and trying to think up lines for the character, of just letting the character exist in situations and seeing how she reacts to them. Yeah, and is that so? Uh, I have so many like different questions. I don't know which one to go with as far as like putting <laughs> this thing together. <laughs> it's wild because so you get on board, you start the the storyboard. Do you storyboard from start to finish? Do you have somebody come in and help you? Like, hey, here's how I want it to look. Here's how I want it to start. Help me figure out where this thing goes. Like, what's the ending? And I'm sure it's going to be a continuation, right? You never want to just do one off and the character ends. Like <laughs> some sort of evolution yes um i think that some of the best stories are ones that have a decisive ending but leave room for more story to be told Mm -hmm. yeah or leave the player just thinking of what the possibilities of the next story could possibly be we want the player to remember this game right after they've played it we want them to get sucked in you know based off of everything that's going into it the 
story, the visuals. Those are important parts of this. So do you see it as like, because uh, a lot of games now are almost never ending. Like even once you beat it, there's many things you can go back and do to, to continue what the elements of the game could be. Are, are you guys doing that or is there kind of like a linear path to the end? Um, or is there many different like uh, sub games or whatever you'd want to call that inside of it? So the way that it's being written right now is it's still subject to some change. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that there are a lot of different ways to experience different parts of the story. It is a linear game, kind of in the, the realm of a film that tell, wants to tell a story. Mm-hmm. But exactly how you get there to that ending, that's more or less up to the player. And there's lots of depth, lots of hidden things that we wanted to put in there to really make that, the journey there, mm-hmm. very rich and diverse. Very cool. Um, you're saying about your studio. Where's the studio at? So the studio, um, Michael's here is based in Altoona. Mm, yep. Uh, my studio is based around Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. And I also have team members in Blue Pulse Studios that are um, all over the place. Yeah. Emma's in London. Nick, who's the composer of the game, also the vice president of my studio, he is based out of Tampa, Florida. What does your studio look like? Like I picture like green screens and motion detector, (laughs) you know, like 20 software developers working on it at one time. Right now it's a blooming studio. Right now it's just full of whiteboards and desks and and creative Zara. Like you walk in there and it's just Zara like all around and then other creative pieces are within the office. So it's, it's, it's kind of like my office. It's, it's a office that's blooming and, and building. We're, adding stuff to it. One day, we want to have that office that has the, the sound stage, the green screen. Yeah. We want to have the motion capture space. Like, we want to build something. So, the future office, look out. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to check out uh, some footage of the indie office, that's up on the YouTube channel on uh, Blue Pulse Studios. Yes. Blue Pulse Studios. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. As far as there it goes, like, whenever you're creating her and she's moving walking how do you do you have a, a person who's mimicking mimicking, mimicking the movements or is that just from design like just coming out of your head so we actually went to london yes. and worked with a world renowned motion capture studio the imaginarium studios oh, okay which is created by um, actor director andy circus you know he played gollum in lord of the rings and you tell me about that michael yeah, yeah. Uh, caesar in planet of the apes well, he's also in the marvel films and snoke in star wars he does he does a lot of motion capture for some big films he's a pretty big name in the industry himself um when we were there in london it was literally they put on this suit um is there a special name for the suit I've the always wanted motion capture suit. I've always wanted to wear one of those suits. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> I mean, all of us did too, but you have to have some license to be able to operate it there oh, on the really? stage. Yeah, you, you these people are trained. But we went there and we drew a storyboard of the scene that we were going to capture for this proof of concept. We had the actresses and the actors come in. They put on their motion capture suits. They were on the stage. We filmed the jumping. Um actual video scenes that are going to be in the proof of concept um we got a lot from that motion capture um studio and it was just an amazing experience all around and if you want to see more that we have videos all on the youtube page that will explain what we did how we did it 
when you talk about a proof of concept, like how long is that? Is that playable or is it just like a video kind of what of what the game is? It's it's both. Okay. It's a mix of both. Like it is playable. It's not like it's not like the actual thing that people will be playing. It's you know, a pre visualization. Yeah. So it's it's rough. Mm-hmm. It's still unpolished, but it shows um, how the characters move, how the characters interact, what the characters um, look like, you um, know, kind of how the camera interacts with the character and how it works in the world and the engine and um, how the, the it's not final graphics by any means, mm-hmm. but it shows the feeling of the game that we're going for. And there's music and sound bits in there. There's actual script in the proof of concept. So that's basically, you know, what puts it all together. And then from there you go on and bring it to the, the next investor to show them, let them play it, let them take a look. Mm-hmm. Speaking of music, uh, that's one of the things that uh, having a background in music, I felt was absolutely critical to get right for the game. Yeah. To match the vision in my head for what the soundtrack needed to be like. And you asked who were some of the most, uh, who were the earliest people involved in the project yeah. that really made a difference and helped elevate it to that next level? That would be Nick Kylar, um, also known as Varian, who's done the soundtrack uh, work on Fast and Furious and The Walking Dead. Yep. Uh, his, his, his work has been in the world of films, but has recently shifted over to games. Okay. That's incredible. How did yeah. you guys get connected with him? So I first heard Nick's music uh, quite a long time ago. He had a song called Valkyrie that came out and went really blew up on the millions of views on YouTube. And it was awesome. It was orchestral metal. And he did some sort of cinematic storytelling in his song. I was like, I want to work with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to him on his Facebook page just years and years, like maybe like, no, actually it was two years ago, yeah. right around the time that Michael and I met. So Emma and I were already talking about the project, but Nick came in as the composer for it really soon after got and just blew us away with a demo that he made for like wh- how he saw yeah. taking the, the music forward. Now, Nick and I have been incredible friends since then, and he is now the vice president at my studio. And he's been crafting just a beautiful soundtrack for this game. Wow, yeah. that's excellent. You guys are like on the right path, getting the <laughs> right people on board. That's so cool. And that's what we want. You know, we, we want to do that. We want to stay on this path of yeah. finding the right people who can help make this and get it out there because we want the world to see Zara. We want them to feel and live it. That's what we truly, truly want. I'm stuck right now on the term or orchestral metal. How do you say it? Orchestral metal. Yeah. I've never heard of an orchestral metal song. That would be epic. <laughs> I, I think of like Metallica's S and M album. Yeah. You ever hear that album? It's like them with an orchestra behind them, and it's just intense. Oh yeah, you definitely have to check out Nick's work. Yes, I, I will. That's so cool. I, and honestly, uh, you're, you said about music and video games. That is one of the things that will stick with you longer than the game will. I think of Doom. I go back to Doom, and like uh, Bobby Prince was the guy who did all the music for that. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I, when it, whenever Napster was big. I downloaded all of his music on Napster. So I'd like <laughs> listen to video game music 
I had like a CD burned with all my favorite tracks. And it is like, cause it'll take you right back to that spot when you were in that yeah. game. And it's, it's epic. And mentioning Halo, like the music in Halo, just like mm. the epicness of it made you feel like you were in an epic movie. It just yeah. kind of brought it to life. That That's, that's what we want. Yeah. Our goal is to create mm-hmm. a sound that is as unique to the game as the visuals and storytelling are. Right. How do you make a game these days? Cause there's so many games. Right, they seem to be like dumping them out hundreds a day. It, how do you make it unique, stand out, and how do you market in a way that people are going to be able to find it and recognize that it's something unique? There's definitely a, a mix of finding a need and filling a need. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people who you know play video games religiously, and we needed something that was going to be completely different. You know, because there's tons and tons of video games out there now. But we wanted to have our own taste to it. So that's why we've reached out to the people we have reached out to, to bring our own look, feel, and sound. Um, And like I said, the true way to starting or making a video game is simply asking people if they want to be a part of your journey because it's it's a long journey. (laughs) Yeah. And it's bumpy. Yeah. But it's fun because you get to say, I'm living a childhood dream, you know, I'm making a video game and I'm going to get to share it with all of you guys soon. Yeah. So that's, that's really part of, you know, my ambition, at least like I get to share something cool with everyone. Well, especially everything that you do, Michael, like you've so many other different things that you do mm-hmm. and you started mentioning the video game. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it seems like you have like all these other things you're good at. And now this is the video game part of it. And this was like a year ago whenever you told me, yeah. and I was like, that's so odd. And I and as you just keep men- bringing it up and I hear more about it and it's coming to fruition and it's all starting to come together, it's like, wow, this is a real... not saying I didn't yeah. believe you, but it was just like, how are you going to do are, that and yeah. who are the people you're connected with <laughs> and how does it all come together? It's, it's, it's craziness. So I guess moving past this game, is this where your life direction is going to head, Raphael? Do you picture yourself going into video gaming? Is that kind of gonna be the, your industry moving well, forward? It is been my industry here for the last two years and yeah. will be for the foreseeable future but the, there is a diverse uh, future for Zara uh, not only as a game but as an IP Yeah, and uh, there's a lot that I want to be involved with that when you say an IP what do you mean by so, that? By an IP, it's kind of like in the sense that Star Wars is a brand. It's an IP. Mm. There are games. There's comics. There's books. There's a whole world and universe there mm. that you can draw from and tell a story about. Um, I believe Zara is a rich world and has a rich mm. story beyond just the events in the game. So there's a lot that we'd like to do with it. It could really become like a franchise. Like it could be the yeah. Zara franchise, you know, because there could be, there could be movies there could be anything the story could continue you know yeah especially the idea that that concept is so new nobody's done it yet right so it's going to stand out as something dynamic and i can see a movie easily being built around that that would be very (laughs) in my head i imagine the game goes right along with what the movie could be but that's a, a great idea it's so cool um what other ideas did you do? You have other ideas for oh games? Oh my gosh, we have. Or other, do you not want to let those out of the we bag? Can't, we can't let them out of the bag yet. But we Is somebody going to steal the idea? <laughs> Somebody's listening. Well, we have Raphael and I are going to be working together on a lot of different projects, even after Zara. Like we have more video game projects. We have some film projects in mind. We have 
stage production projects in mind. Like we we really think outside the box and you know, the creativity and the juices just constantly flow. So there is a lot to come, but what that is, can't say just yet. Okay. <laughs> what were you doing before all this? You were in college at Full Sail, but like what was, you know, your life like before you started making video games? What did you do as far as like making money or were you just going to school? I was doing freelance sound design and music production and mainly focusing on school, but it was around that point where it was kind of at the end of my bachelor's program in music that I realized that my passions were in business. Hmm. And I shifted my focus into mastering uh, in entertainment business. And that's where I met Michael. And what did you guys go to school for? What was like the major? Um, my master's degree is in entertainment business. Okay. That was. Is that what you switched to then? That's what that you went. That was what I switched to. Okay. I graduated with the bachelor's in music, but uh, I realized that music was a part of me, not what I wanted to do, and it became something that would add richness to the worlds and stories that I would create, mm -hmm. but not the driving force behind them, because that is simply the art of creating them for me. Yeah. yeah, and you can use the music for anything that you create. You're going to need yeah. some form of music in there to bring it to life. Some right. of like the best directors in the world of film are ones that can actually play a piece of music and show their composers and be like, this, I need this, but better. Right. <laughs> and so you can piece together what you want it to be, and then they make it that epic sound that you, you imagine in your head. Well, I also have a background in visual arts. I studied them for years, and... Uh, I don't consider myself a concept artist, but I can sit down with a concept art team and I can sketch out the composition of a storyboard really quickly and show them this is what I want, this is how the scene needs to be, and I know that the team that's doing the concept art for the game can take it to the next level far beyond anything I can do. Yeah. But I think it's so important for a director to be able to communicate the different aspects of what they need that it is having a diverse background has really helped me. It does. You need to have all those little elements because you've got to know at least a decent portion about what you're hiring somebody to do for you, right? Like you've okay. got to be able to put that together. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people run into and I have in my own business. It's like you may know how to do all of this stuff and you may understand what it would take to do all of it, but to do it right and to put the time into all those other pieces, you're going to need other people involved. The most important skill that I think uh, any game developer can have, especially one in a director position or a producer position, is to be able to recognize quality. Because there's a huge quantity out there of people that know how to do the things, just like how you're saying, but knowing um, the right people and how to recognize when someone is exceptionally good mm -hmm. and stand out with their craft, that's, um, those are the people that are going to be the ones that can take your vision to the level that you need it to be when you want to make it something that goes global. Yeah. So how do you back off when you're a director and not like micromanage everything? Oh, <laughs> you, you absolutely have to trust the team that you're working with. And it comes down to you know that you've got people that can do quality. You maintain the vision, but you also set them on a path that you know that they're going to be able to hold to and get those things done without needing to micromanage them. Mm -hmm. Man, uh, wow. And, and how long has it taken you to find the team 
to find the people. I, I, I well, like, as you're talking about this stuff, I'm just thinking in my head, like, man, there, there's so many different pieces and steps. It's got to be complicated. But I'm looking definitely. at it from somebody who doesn't know anything about it. Well, we're still finding the team. Like, I, I wouldn't even say the team is is fully there yet because there, there's the team is still growing. Like, we still have a lot of people that we need to find in order to make this game a reality. Yeah. And we're getting to the point where we're going to start locking that down. Um, yeah. The, the team, though, the one that has come together over the last year and a half is the management, uh, the people that direct the vision. So I don't direct every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Our game's audio director, composer, directs the audio side. Mm-hmm. I trust him. He knows it better than anyone else that I know. Right. And he can manage other people, sound designers. Um, I don't have to direct that per se, but I go in, I look at what's being done, and I can comment on it as a director and know where it's going. You have to really put a lot of trust into your team because they will create everything. They're the ones who are putting together how we talk to people, how we go to present, present to these investors. They put together the visuals, the slideshows, the videos. The team knows what they need to do and they they operate you know because we're all aimed towards the same goal Mm -hmm. so it's easy for us to you know let them do that because we are all so focused on the same thing and we know what we want the end result to be and i think that's key to any successful business or you know anything along those lines even in my company when i'm building websites or planning marketing for someone, you know, my team can help carry that. Yeah. And we trust. We just need to trust that our team can help carry. Yeah. Where do you get the funding too? I imagine it's like getting all these people on board, right? <laughs> like there's got to be a lot of cash involved. Yes. Our first funding came from local startup, the Allegheny's uh, First Frontier Project. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So um, we were lucky to get our proof of concept funding from them and we're still working on the proof of concept to put this presentation together we're now just just wrapping yeah, that up right now uh, as we speak <laughs> <laughs> um and then Raphael and i now will take what we've created during that whole proof of concept during the last five months of building it mm-hmm. and we'll start going to the next bigger investors. These are, I'm talking, you know, these million dollar investors who invest in video games or who are investing in technology or stuff like this. So we're going to put all together, put all that together in a presentation. And the next step is to wow them, amaze them with what we've created in the last five months. Now, when you take it to like startup Alleghenies and they see see the proof of concept, Mm They're not gamers, right? They don't like they're not into video yeah. games. So so what do they look at? Are they like, Well, this looks interesting, but I don't really understand. They looked at how a couple they looked at a couple things. Like they looked at our business model, our mm-hmm. plan for Zara. And they had to have a very good understanding of what the future of Zara was going to be. Um, they needed to know how we were going to sell it, how we were going to build it. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they had to look at my company and Raphael's company and make sure we were stable enough to work with them. And that's pretty much what they did. You know, they saw how our companies operated and functioned. And from there, we were able to get the funding we needed for Zara. And talking about selling a game, like, where do you sell games now? Because I know you can, like, sell them at GameStop, but you also sell them on, like, the Xbox Marketplace, right? I mean, they're, and do you use Twitch to sell? Like, have people play it on Twitch? Like, what are the marketing strategies? So, 
that's that's the stuff that really interests me. You you can the game is going to be sold in stores. We want it to have a physical copy, but it'll be also sold on Steam. Um, people will be able to download it. Um, that's that's going into the marketing aspect of, of Zara. We want to release this worldwide. We, we want it to be in stores. We want it to be able to download on the app market or yeah. well, the Microsoft Store. I guess that's what they call it. Not yeah, the app mar- not the app market. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> never knew what the name was. Stores, Digital um, stores. Whether yeah. it's on PlayStation, Xbox, um, the Nintendo Shop. It. Our aim is to go cross-platform with it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that would the only way that would change is if mm-hmm. um, we run into something during development or a uh, one of the companies in particular wants that to be exclusive on their platform. Mm-hmm. You know those are options we have to consider as moving forward on it. But we're definitely aiming for PC and Mac release for the game to you know to get the game out. Yeah, just we, as the most widespread as possible. We mm-hmm. want everyone to be able to play it. You know, we want everyone to be able to experience it. So you'd mentioned VR and AR at the beginning. <laughs> Are you bringing that in to the game in, in nah, some aspect? No, not not yet. Undecided. <laughs> it's undecided, uh, it's, yeah. At the moment, <laughs> our focus is mainly on telling the story mm-hmm. and then how we're able to do that beyond uh, what is already available to us, um, what other experimental methods those may be. We'll, of course, test them out. And if something really adds to the story, of course we're going to use it. Right? Yeah. Do you guys play a lot of VR? Do you? I have. You have? What's have. What's your um, you know, opinion on video games moving forward with virtual reality? It's so, funny because we just had a huge conversation so when I was in we, Charlottesville. We, we do have a VR project that yeah. we're keeping under wraps for the moment, but after Zara and after another production, uh, yeah. we plan to start working on that, raising funds for that. Awesome. And, um, yeah. We have some very exciting ideas that we're going to be pushing uh, the VR uh, kind of to the field. next level. Because right now, VR is still fairly new. Yeah. And there's a people are debating, you know, you read articles, this is not going to be the year for VR. You know, like there's still a lot that's going to need to be worked out. Right. So. Well, I've played some VR games on the oh. PlayStation. I mean, they're, for it being rudimentary, pretty new. They're amazing. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're really, really immersive. They're really cool. It's incredible to see where yeah. they are. And um, there's we, a lot to come. There's yes. a lot to come for VR. I was close to buying the PlayStation with the bundle pack with the joysticks and stuff and the VR. And I was like, I can't do it because I'm, I'm never going to not be playing it. It's going to ruin my life. And I see <laughs> that happening to a lot of people. Like, it's going to ruin their lives. Yeah, and they're because. Only do that. Well, I mean, like, you know, you have the argument of oh, you're going to waste your life away on that computer or waste your life away in front of that screen. Yeah. That was one of my dad's favorites. You're just going to waste your life in front of that screen. Yeah, because it's going to make me money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to change the world, yeah, too. Yeah, it's literally going to change the world. And I think, you know, we will work on VR projects. We have ideas in the works, but eventually we will get there. Very and I cool. think VR will eventually get there as well. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's not going to be long. I mean, no, no, no. Years, it's it's going to be fast. Ten years, yeah. it'll be really fully in depth. Um, I don't want to take up any more of you guys' time. I know you got a lot going on. Is there anything you want to throw in that I haven't brought up that you wanted to talk about? Um, I would just say follow our Instagram page, follow our Facebook page, follow the YouTube page. You'll get all the latest updates. Um, what's going on with Zara? What's going on with the team? And how the production's going? Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Zara City of Night. I think yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. And then the YouTube is Blue Pulse Studios. 
and the YouTube's awesome because it's kind of like the story of what you guys are doing. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the behind the scenes fun stuff. It's a chronological journey. Yeah, and we we post every Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's doing the posting? Who does all that? So that would be Adam. He's yeah. uh, in charge of the YouTube channel, and uh, my brother Murphy as well is working with him on the channel. What's up, and Murphy? <laughs> He's in the background filming. Camera died, but uh, yeah. So what they're endeavoring to do is tell the story, make it fun, make it funny, and uh, we're all a bunch of really crazy creative people. At the end of the day, if it's something that you'd enjoy checking out, mm-hmm. um, we recommend. Uh, yeah, follow, follow us. us. Subscribe. Zara City of Night. That's the coolest part now too. Is like it's not just making a video game. You have an entire, or could have an entire industry, just <laughs> in making the game yeah. behind the scenes, right? That yes. can turn it into I something. Mean, That's docu- crazy. That could be a documentary down the line for yeah. future game makers, or just a <laughs> vlog. It's just yeah, it's just a it, vlog people can follow. Yeah, it's very funny. I, I will say it's uh it's amusing. You you will definitely be entertained watching it. At the very least, it amuses all of us to no end. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if, not, if no one else likes it, we definitely like it. We definitely like laughing at ourselves. Yeah. That's how I feel about all the content that I do. I, I think to myself, like, even if nobody else is enjoying what I'm doing, at least I'm having fun doing it. Right. right. That's kind of the point. And then if you can make some money <laughs> on top of that, that's that's really the key to life. I think. Right. Some way, shape, or form. Uh, but thanks, guys. Anything else? you want to throw in did i not you know something you wanted to plug or something i didn't bring up i think that i think that's, I think that's everything yeah we yeah. covered a lot there yeah check out the youtube channel blue yep. pole studios uh the website zaracityofnight.com and across all social media as at zara city of night yep and what's the release date uh we don't Do have a have? release date set um uh, mm-hmm. we're looking at uh summer of 2020 but okay. it's a very soft date but that's subject to change you know right now we are in that next round, raising funds for pre-production. And uh, once that happens, we can have a much more solid idea of those next steps. And I got to say, before we sign off, like I admire the passion and the dedication like that you guys are putting into this because the years you got (laughs) to put in to even get to the point where you're going to release the game, like a lot of people would lose passion and steam along the way right so to keep yeah. that alive is probably the hardest part like i said it's it's a it's about the love it's everyone loves this project everyone loves the people with inside the project and that's really what the ambition is like we're not just doing it for ourselves we're doing it for the people we love and the people that are working with us we're a team you know we're doing this for everyone and for Zara, you got to yeah. bring her to life. We have to bring her to life. <laughs> <laughs> cool, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Thank Rob. Thank you so much, Rob. And uh, I can't wait to see how, how big this game is and what it does in the future. It's going to be amazing. You know, I'm, I'm just saying I could see Zara totally as a comic book character. She's, she's made for comic books. I could see myself walking into the comics vault at 1130 12th Avenue in Altoona. Walking up to Neil, who runs the joint, being like, dude, do you have this new Zara comic? And he's like, oh, sorry, man. Totally sold out because it's going to be huge. The game's going to be huge. She could be a comic book character, a movie character. I think they're going to be doing big things. And uh, speaking of big things, the Comics Vault, if you're looking for comic books, if you love comic books, that is without a doubt the place to go. So uh, Neil has thousands of back issues. That's where I get my son all of his incredible Hulk comic books. New comics every single Wednesday on Facebook and Instagram, The Comics Vault Altoona. 
That's 1130 12th Avenue in Altoona. Hello to Harlequin Pepper Yoga, Aaron at Harlequin Pepper Yoga, Vinyasa Yoga, rooted in science, focusing on functional movement and anatomical alignment. I can't believe I even said that word correctly. Um, and the cool thing right now is, though, if you go to Harlequin Pepper Yoga and you say my name, you say Rob Z, either uh, in the App Store, Google Play, or stopping in to see Aaron, say my name, Rob Z, and you will get one month for free toward a six-month or a year membership at Harlequin Pepper Yoga, HPY, because it makes you happy. 320 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. And also, shout out to my dude, Alan Coble, who runs Sports Evolution at 2900 Plank Road in Altoona. SportsEvolution.net is the website. Leading athletes on Facebook and Instagram. So, if you're looking for... Uh, you know, if you're looking for either CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu, just personal training, strength and conditioning, Alan has a bachelor's in physical education and sports science, certified strength and conditioning specialist, certified personal trainer, CrossFit trainer, and a purple belt in Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He also has youth martial arts. He's a great dude. Thank you to Michael and Raphael for an awesome conversation about video games. I'll talk to my zebras next time. Peace. <laughs> That's brutal.